Hello and welcome back to Coinscrum Markets for our regular Friday wrap. Joined again, as always, Nick Mancini, Chief Community Officer at Trade the Chain. Hi, Nick. How's your week been? Week has been well, Paul. Great to be with you again on another fantastic Friday. It is a fantastic Friday. The sun is actually shining in London, so that is all good in my books. Um, and as per our conversation of the last few weeks, um, still in this range, um, but you know, we're going to take another look at the sentiment and the technicals, uh, a few of those charts soon. But as always, let's uh, dive in and uh, watch your news highlights for the week. Yeah, sure. I think we did mention last week uh, something about a game of ping pong, and it looks like uh, no one no one has won yet. So <laughs> uh, in terms of the major news drivers, um, so to start on the bullish end, we'll start good news first. Um, Kathy Wood's ARK Invest, who has been a kind of a, a very popular and, and relatively successful investor over the past you know, 18, 24 months, uh, has called Bitcoin an attractive uh, investment from an ESG standpoint, which is, um, you know, um, uh, ESG is going to slip my mind, but basically, you know, good social governance, you know, doing right by the environment as well as your, your people, your customers and everyone involved. So that's positive for Bitcoin's narrative. Um, and also New York Giants running back um, Saquon Barkley has opted to convert all of his marketing dollars into Bitcoin. And this man makes a large amount of money, not from only the NFL, but from his endorsements and to see him go fully Bitcoin for his kind of endorsement and marketing dollars is a, is a big leap. Mm -hmm. So that's the good news. That's the good news. I saw just before we came on, um, Spike Lee as well has produced an ad for um, one of the uh, Bitcoin ATM networks over in the US as well. So uh, some more celebrity endorsement there. Yes, and I watched that and it was actually more or less a direct attack on fiat currency as well. I mean, he was really calling out the history of the dollar and inflation. So, um, you know, I guess if we want to go back to the bullish nature, you know, inflation is a mainstream media topic. Like it was on The View, which is a popular, you know, um, American talk show. You know, they're talking about it in, uh, you know, regular news outlets. So it's becoming very mainstream, which is very interesting. Yeah, and so, I guess I guess seeing um, Kathy Wood come out and start putting some of the positive spin on this ongoing debate about um, Bitcoin's environmental impact. I saw the Arc last week also uh, are questioning some of their uh, broader Chinese investments as well outside of uh, their crypto strategies. So um, yeah, it looks like uh, the Chinese are kind of standing aside and uh, people looking elsewhere now. They may be shooting themselves in the foot here. You know, we, we will see with everything going on with the IPOs and getting Bitcoin out, you know, they could be missing out on a big opportunity. So only time will tell, but very good points there with, uh, especially with American investors and, and how we're viewing foreign investments. So um, in terms of neutral stuff, uh, things that, you know, are significant, but may not exactly move price. Um, Peter Thiel backed crypto firm Bullish, which was originally created and launched by Block One, who you may remember from, who was a very popular crypto group for over the past few years. Um, th this crypto exchange Bullish is going to go public via a SPAC deal that is uh, $9 billion. So, so nothing short uh, of, uh, of large. And uh, if Peter Thiel is teaming up with block one to launch a, a crypto exchange worth 9 billion off the bat, you can pretty much bet that it's going to gain a lot of attention as it officially goes live. So we'll be watching that one closely. Yesterday, uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell says stable coins should be regulated, 
which is interesting. We've been talking about this regulation narrative off and on for a while. Stable coins are, are hot in the narrative just because they represent US dollars floating around basically unregulated. So this is very interesting. I think this is long-term good, but right now people are kind of on, on the fence. Um, and then another one which is very interesting is Senator Pat Toomey, and I, I think he's the Senator of Pennsylvania, um, questioned the SEC's jurisdiction over cryptocurrencies. You, uh, you may remember Senator Warren, I believe last week, wanted the SEC to actually write guidelines on crypto. Um, and Pat Toomey clapped back and said, I don't know if the SEC actually should be governing or, or you know, looking over crypto. You know, are they commodities? Are they securities? We have a lot more to define here, which is very interesting. So it gives them a bit more of a gray area for a longer term and kind of creates a partisan argument here as well, which we'll have to see how that fleshes out. Yeah. Um, in terms of bearish, uh, this is, you know, we can take these either way, but technically they're not good. Um, the creator of Dogecoin says he does not plan to return to crypto due to crypto being toxic and not representing what it once was. Clearly, this is one man's opinion. He created a joke cryptocurrency and kept, you know, what, 60, 70% of the, of the assets in his own wallet. So, you know, the criticism can happen on both ends of the spectrum. Um, most people are kind of pushing this news off because it's like, hey, you know, you're not the creator of Bitcoin. You created Doge here. Um, but again, to hear some, a longtime crypto member kind of back away from the industry is very interesting to hear. And, and it's not entirely positive. Yeah, well, he can hand his key straight over to Elon Musk. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Right. Elon will be the, the new CEO of Doge. <laughs> um, and then finally, the last bearish news, which is really, this has been probably the biggest contention piece of news for the past month, is the quote unquote GBTC unlock. Um, and to just give a quick background, uh, GBTC is a, is a trust representing physical Bitcoin, um, but it does not match up physically one-to-one -one for the price of Bitcoin because it is a vehicle representing Bitcoin backed by Bitcoin. It's, it's a bit confusing, but it can trade at a premium, it can trade at a discount, um, and, you and purchasing GBTC, your money is locked up for six months. So most of these purchases happened late 2020, early 2021, and now they are becoming unlocked, meaning that people can sell their GBTC shares, they can, you know, um, they can sit with them, but most people, you know, it's trading at a discount right now. So people are think people are thinking that they're going to sell. Um, and there's a million ways to trade this. So the idea that if everything is becoming unlocked, everyone's going to sell and, and clean themselves of this six month long trade. That's the idea. Um, but there's also another trade in which you would buy GBTC and then you would short physical Bitcoin, which is what most people have been doing in the market. And to cover your shorts, you then have to buy Bitcoin when your short is completed, which would put buy pressure on the market. So detractors are saying GBTC selling is bad. Um, and then pro Bitcoiners are saying, well, if people are, if you're going to short Bitcoin, you're going to have to buy it later. That's going to create uh, buy interest. So we don't really know what's going to happen, but we do know that the largest unlock of 16,000 GBTC happens tomorrow. And we expect whatever kind of pressure is happening to probably subside in the next two weeks. Um, so that's a big narrative to look out for. And we'll probably talk about that again soon. Yeah, I'm sure we will. I mean, it's one of those, I mean, there was, you know, that ARB was being played for a long time and quite profitable, I'm sure, for a number of people. You know, these ARBs don't last forever. So we're just seeing the flip side of it. I mean, overall, is it driving kind of direction of the market? I mean, we we sat there with, with that showing a 40% premium during the last bear market. It didn't necessarily kind of you know indicate that there's bullish kind of momentum building either. 
But look, it's clearly, I think it is obviously on people's minds and uh, the market looks like it's exercising some caution to it kind of all unravels, I guess. Certainly. Yeah, we'll cover a little bit more of what the technicals look like in a bit. And I can point to, you know, maybe what this pressure may look like and what it may look like uh, if the pressure recedes. So. Okay, well, let's do that. Let's dive into um, uh, Bitcoin charts. Let's look at the sentiment first. What, what What's changed over the last week on the sentiment for Bitcoin? Yeah, so more or less um, sentiment, like I said, last week has been a lot more wonky um, due to the, the Bitcoin has really been trading and, and equities really as well have been trading due to technicals more to more so than fundamentals just based on the dearth or, or, or lack of news that has been around, you know, there's not much to react to. And that's why we've been talking about grayscale Bitcoin trust for what four to eight weeks now. So um, there's just not been much. And I think you, what you're going to look at and your eyes are going to be drawn to the first on this chart is the massive sentiment spike with kind of lower price action and this related to the cpi numbers dropping uh, i believe on wednesday of this week so basically cpi is a index used uh, to track inflation by most economists around the globe um, and cpi was actually cpi beat expectations meaning inflation was higher than expected. And due to the narrative around Bitcoin being an inflation hedge, and if inflation's higher than the dollar should decrease, we'll get into this later. The idea was that Bitcoin should jump on higher inflation news. Um, that didn't happen. Actually, we saw most equities, uh, most cryptos, most commodities actually all kind of fall um, due to the CPI beats. And we can get into this data all day and night. But the moral of the story is, most of retail was wrong. Most of the market, in fact, was just flat out wrong about inflation numbers um, and how that would in fact impact Bitcoin. And that's what we saw. Um, and then eventually sentiment began to wane and, and, and casually decrease along with price. And we've been kind of seeing that pressure ever since the inflation numbers have come out. Um, it'll probably continue over the weekend, but we'll have to check the technicals out to, to confirm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess the stock markets are kind of playing on the side that um, if the Fed starts tapering its uh, loose monetary policy, then, you know, that's not necessarily going to be good for stocks. Um, and, you know, I think as we've, we've mentioned in the last few weeks, it's going to be interesting over this period if, you know, if uh, central banks start changing their strategy and, um, and tightening and playing more of a tightening policy, um, how Bitcoin is going to react around that. Against this ongoing question, is it the risk on asset? Is it risk off asset? So I think it's uh, going to be interesting to see how it reacts against these other markets. And I know we're going to come on to that and look at um, the dollar index soon. Um, so what about on the Bitcoin technical side? Yeah, so the Bitcoin technical side um, is, just, is very interesting. I think anyone who tracks technicals can look at this chart and probably make a, a bit of a sour face uh, upon first glance. But uh, looking deeper into the data, the first thing that I always notice is that so current volume, if you look to the bottom of the of where the candles are, is just abysmal compared to what it was, you know, in early or late 2020, early 2021. It's just fallen off tremendously. If you look to the right side, which represents basically order book interest, we can see that, you know, right around where prices is, is kind of the last leg until we kind of reach a chasm of, of order book interest. Now, order book interest can come in after the fact that it, it can be kind of spoofed or tricked the market. But the idea is that, you know, it, usually when there's a gap, 
that, that gap kind of stays there for, for the most part. So if price drops below, you know, 30, 30K, 31K, there's not much to hold it up right now down to around 25K. So that's something to very much be to look out for. But looking at this 30, 31K range, um, if you look very closely, uh, the daily candles have not closed below 31 and a half K um, since, you know, way back, way back months before we're kind of, you know, all the way through this market cycle. So it's very important to understand that 31 and a half K seems to be strong, um, uh, you know, candle interest in terms of candle formations and, and just basic support level for where price is closing. So obviously daily candles are going to, you know, have full body candles and wicks and it's going to trick you and maybe think that it's going to go under 31K and pop back up. But the close is very important because that's how we measure the previous candles against each other. So, so to see 31.5K hold up is very positive. But again, um, 30, we just hit 31K this morning and I'm not saying that 30k is impossible um and we may see a wick just below to trick the market but just be aware that you may tip into 30k high 29k over the weekend early next week as this gbtc news still kind of plays out so just just be aware of that I, i'm not super bearish now i've seen bitcoin fake us out plenty of times in this scenario but do be aware that there is uh some serious downside chance here okay We'll keep an eye on it. Um, now let's move on uh, to Ethereum. What's happening yep. around sentiment? The ETF of, uh, of everything else, not Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, you're seeing a lot more correlation with sentiment along with Ethereum because you know no one was calling Ethereum an inflation hedge. Uh, and if they do, then someone please you know step in and help them. Um, but uh, you know we we did see you know basic ping-ponging of price, ping-ponging of sentiment. Um, the good news is that Ethereum and, and sentiment and price are still closely correlated. We, we can very much use that to track price. Um, we're seeing sentiment actually pick up slightly this morning on a, on a bit of downtrend action, which means that um, Ethereum is actually reaching a, a key support level. Um, and once we dig into the technicals in a second, you'll actually see why sentiment is rising. Um, but I do just want to point out that, you know, we can see... Um, a double top in price on uh, the July 10th and July 12th that coincided with a double top in sentiment. Price dropped, um, sentiment uh, it dropped as well, and now we're slowly working our way back up. Um, and then if we want to just quickly switch to the to the technical chart and kind of hop in there because I think it matches up very well. Um, the technicals show you it, it, just looking at that right order book range side that I that I previously quoted on Bitcoin, we can see why sentiment is probably picking up here. Now, what I said previously is that this this basically represents where buys are going to come in, you know, for for key support levels, and we can see that at this level, it's like eighteen fifty ish, something like that. It, it, there's a lot of order book interest, so prices tipping on a key support level. Uh, the market is realizing, hey, there's a lot of interest here. And then so Twitter starts talking about it, momentum ensues, hopefully price reverses here. So this is why you are seeing a sentiment boost on decreasing price action, because like I said, the market is very technically driven right now. And now it's reacting to technical news. So there's a good kind of narrative, you know, enlightener for you. Um, if you're curious as to why you're seeing decreased sentiment or decreased price 
with rising sentiment. Now, um, another interesting aspect that's slightly bearish is, you know, we have nearly the same volume kind of metrics that Bitcoin does. It's extremely low compared to previous trading sessions. Um, and then another positive outlook is that um, price, you know, it, it may be below the 200 moving average, which is a very key moving average for anyone, whether you're retail or institutional. Um, but the Bollinger Bands are tightening. And when Bollinger Bands are usually tightening um, is usually when price is gearing up for a significant move. And if price is at support level, as shown by the order book range, um, the Bollinger Bands are tightening and it's at a very key price level. My bias would say, you know, it's pretty oversold right now. I think a reverse is probably coming, especially given Ethereum's big news coming on August 4th. Like I have a hard time selling Ethereum when you know we have a big upgrade coming in two three weeks so i think personally this is what's happening with ethereum the big fake out hitting support should rise soon yeah okay keeping on those uh two previous uh lows over the last couple of months around 1750 so i guess we could test that triple bottom bounce back up that's the positive outcome i guess but that would be the positive outcome yes sir okay We'll come back to that. Um, so mentioned before, looking at the broader economy, broader markets, uh, mentioned uh, looking at how stock markets reacted to CPI news. Um, and something that we brought up in the last few weeks um, is looking at Bitcoin versus uh, dollar strength and weakness. Um, so let's look at this chart here that you've pulled up with uh, Bitcoin versus the dollar index. What do you want to say here? Yeah, so um, I, you may have heard me mention on, on this show or various shows that, you know, the, the dollar and Bitcoin have been inversely correlated. And this has something to do with Jerome Powell's words and just tracking comparisons between the centralized market and the decentralized market. So um, I've been following the, the U.S. dollar via, you know, DXY is the is the U.S. dollar index on TradingView. Um, and I've been following that in comparison to Bitcoin. And ever since the previous Fed meeting that happened, uh, you know, late June, we can we can see in orange, which is DXY on this chart, a serious inverse relationship compared to Bitcoin. I mean, it is it is about as textbook inverse as you can get. And as DXY continually presses up, Bitcoin is continually pressed down. And we've mentioned this before, and I actually slipped it up last time. But basically, if the dollar is stronger, you have less buying, or you are able to buy less of the asset that you once did. If the dollar is weaker, then you have the ability to buy more of the asset than you once did. So what's happening is that if the dollar's weakening, then Bitcoin is being suppressed, and, and, and the dollar is actually a better trade right now if you're actually looking for you know long-term opportunity than bitcoin unless you know you're, you're, a, you're a crazy derivatives trader and you like to go short all the time so until the dollar weekends weekends not weekends or maybe goes off on a weekend vacation whatever you want to say um you know bitcoin will not be strong so and, and the idea around the whole inflation trade is that if inflation is high then the dollar should be weaker and we're not seeing that right now. So there's a lot of disconnect between what's happening. And that's because of Fed intervention policies, which is why I recommend watching his, his asset purchases and his words very closely, as you do too, Paul. Um, because if this inverse relationship continues, then Bitcoin will continue lower as the dollar increases. But if the dollar ends up weakening and the Fed pulls back some purchases, maybe Bitcoin has a chance to fly again. So um, you know, if you're curious about connection of DeFi and CeFi, this is probably the chart that you're going to want to watch for the time being. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely a good one to highlight and definitely seems to be, you know, the markets in general front running what the Fed's going to do first is probably, if anyone's going to kind of start shifting rates higher, it'd probably be the Fed before any of the other central banks, especially uh, UK, Europe, yeah. definitely Japan. Um, so I think that's what's leading it and what traders are generally looking at out there, but definitely an interesting chart for people to keep an eye on. Excellent. Right. One more. We always come back to it. Actually, two more. We're going to talk about hash rate again, but um, just actually on uh, Bitcoin price. Um, let's uh, take a look at the dominance chart again. Bitcoin dominance over over the other orcs. Yeah, the next two charts are going to be quick, but very much worth mentioning for just a full 360 view on the market. And this is if you're an analyst, you're kind of just bouncing through these charts all, all day and night. Maybe you have eight on your chart, whatever. But um, we can see that Bitcoin dominance is forming an ascending wedge, which generally pushes bullish. Last time we talked, it was just bouncing on that uh, that curvy white line, which is the 50 moving average. And it's continued to move higher. Personally, I would trade, if I could trade this asset, it's not tradable, but I would go long here just on my, my personal bias. So I think that Bitcoin dominance is likely to increase. That doesn't mean that immediately Ethereum will be suppressed, um, but it does mean that if you are trading, you know, altcoins beyond, you know, the large caps near Ethereum or in the top 10, very much be careful of how this may impact. So this is just a great pulse check to, to know of, should I buy a lot of alts or should I probably not buy a lot of alts. And this is probably telling you to, to maybe hold off for the time being, but uh, obviously closely monitor. Yeah, well, I guess we're seeing a lot of those, uh, a lot of those alts, um, a good 80% plus off their all time highs. Um, so, you know, um, compared to 50% off on Bitcoin and just over 50, well, just over 50% on ETH. So obviously you see the strength on those kind of, you know, large caps, if we call them that. Um, but there may come a point that, you know, some of the more legitimate uh, projects out there that have a token that have been, you know, swept down with the broader market might, you know, offer up some decent buying opportunities in, in the weeks ahead. Um, but I think you do, you will need to be selective. I agree. And this, I mean, this chart could turn around quick. You know, if we, if you break that wedge and then it immediately gets rejected, then I'm probably going all in on alts. You know what I'm saying? Like, wait till this chart makes a serious move and, and gives you a signal. Right now, seeing it neutral push up is not very positive. But, you know, again, I've been wrong before, but, uh, you know, we, we have to watch the, the patterns we're given. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I mean, just looking at all these charts today, it does. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of with you. It feels like there's uh, there's definitely room for a final flush out. But maybe yep. given how long we've been in the sideways range and just the, the, the some of these patterns that are forming, um, you know, I think that's where I would be kind of kind of hedging my positions towards as well. Right, let's finish up. I know we touched on this last week. Um, and again, another chart that's been quite volatile, more volatile than usual. Um, but, um, you know, finally bouncing off its lows, uh, the Bitcoin hash rate. Yep, Bitcoin hash rate is another very important one, just like Bitcoin dominance. And it's very much important because of the, the China ban, China scare narrative, whatever you want to call it. Um, the more miners securing the network, the stronger Bitcoin will be. The, the strong, the, you know, we don't want hash rate just going into oblivion, but we definitely want it, you know, stronger. At least three digits is, is probably a good benchmark to call it. So um, I, the only reason I wanted to really highlight this is because if you look, um, and I believe this is late, late June. So I think the 27th of June, it looks like it bottomed, which was 62 terahashes per second. And it's been slowly creeping up, um, nearly top or actually topping out 
uh, locally at 121 terahash per second. So it's nearly doubled in, you know, what, two-ish, two and a half weeks time, three weeks mm -hmm. time, which is great news. I mean, that means that there is clearly a, a bottom. It's moving back up. More miners are joining the network. And th this shouldn't be extremely wonky because maybe you're, you're, you know, you're setting up different locations, you're testing things, but to see it steadily rise is positive. I do want to highlight that the potential double top here around 120, meaning we could see it float back down into the 80s or 90s. So that's something to be aware of. Um, weekends are generally maybe lower hash rate than the weekdays. People power things off. They go hang out with their families or their dogs, cats, whatever. Um, so it's something to be aware of, but we're seeing it rise. And this is good for the Bitcoin narrative long term. And this is why I believe any buy or any dip below 30K will be bought because the, ne the network is secure, the network or the narrative is still strong. There's plenty of reason to buy. We've just got a bunch of BS still kind of hanging in the background. So watch hash rate. Um, if you would still like to continue to, to gauge Bitcoin strength and obviously the belief that miners are, are still buying into the network. Yeah, and I guess um, for anyone that's just kind of picking up on this first time and is uh, uh, starting to keep an eye on some of these metrics, uh, just to you know, remind you that um, unlike uh, a price chart, there's no fixed um, hash rate number uh, or value that the network um, kind of distributes. It's worked out on a rolling average of how frequently blocks are being found. Um, and that's, they're found on a completely random basis. So if you're looking at any of these charts, just make sure you're looking at like a, at least a few day average um, rather than on a daily daily um, price points or sorry. 100%. Numbers on. Absolutely. Nick, um, thank you for that as always. Um, lots to digest there. Um, you enjoy your weekend and we look forward to having you back next week uh, to take you. As, you as well. Thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to next week. Cheers, Nick.